Hello, everyone. Casey Wilson here, you know, still reeling, of course, from the wedding hair heard around the world. Thank you to Clayton Hawkins, celebrity hairstylist, who who really weighed in in kind of a breaking news segment a couple of days ago because it was just too important to wait until this week's episode to unpack. So I, I'm grateful to him. Danielle is out of town this week. And so joining me filling her news chair is a, a beloved friend, one of my dearest friends of all time, newly married, newly married in the most gorgeous wedding of all time. He's been with me around the world this year. It would seem I love him so much. He is a co-host of the hit podcast, Homophilia, alongside Dave Holmes. Please welcome my co-host, Matt McConkie. Hello, Catherine, and R.I.P. Danielle. Never got to say that. Never, never gotten to put her to rest. But no, here we are. we're putting her to rest just for this week, only for just her to rise for this week, like a phoenix from the ashes next week. Of course, of How course. How are you? I'm good. Speaking, I almost feel like we need a whole new hair segment this week, uh, based on what I'm looking at. I've never been sadder <laughs> that this wasn't a visual medium, so that the mm. people could see what I am seeing. Can you? Mm. Explain yeah. what was happening when we signed on today. Absolutely. You know, for, for a large part of the the podcast, when we started today with our guests who were bringing out, I was, you know, getting my hair dyed at home. And I, I've done finishing touches before for a podcast, but it was just between Danielle and I, you know, and that was kind of a dirty little secret. But it was hard, you know, for you and a dear friend, two attractive men, to see me just getting hair dyed and the dye is still on and it's burning my scalp. I didn't, I just didn't realize how much it's sort of like paint, how much they, like it creates a, <laughs> like a, like a helmet look while it's on and while it's drying. Yes, uh, it really is like the helmet hair from Happy Endings, which also people likened to Teresa's hair. <laughs> and Teresa yeah. and I's, and Teresa and I's widow peaks and foreheads have been compared a lot, which is really hurtful and always has been. We both have a low, small forehead and a, a oh, low oh, widow's please. peak. please. Teresa should be so lucky to have that that gorgeous peak and that gorgeous forehead. I God bless. You know, Clayton Hawkins loved her hair, Matt, and it cost $10,000, we've learned, with over, I want to say, like, over something like a million hairpins put in. Melissa and Joe weren't at the wedding. Every housewife was. People I'm sure she's never even thought of or known before. Yep. Um, I do think... Some of us are to blame for the fact that Melissa and Joe weren't at her wedding. And and here's why. I think on a Watch What Happens Live or something, Andy asked Melissa, like, were you upset that you weren't asked to be a bridesmaid? And Melissa was kind of like, oh, it hurt, but whatever. But then when the reunion came, I think so many questions poured in, you know, saying like, you, she's got 16 bridesmaids and not Melissa. And I think we sort of, we really, that agitated and angered all of us to the point yeah. that- it's one of those things where I think Melissa, it's almost like, it's like, yeah, I am mad. I'm real mad. And I think we played a role in it. So our hands are not clean, but Joe did not go to his sister's wedding and he's posting up a storm. He's posting those like cryptic Instagrams where one of them was like, you think, you know how I feel? You say, you know how I feel? Nah, you don't. It's like, wow. Oh, okay. So hmm. He's upset. Yeah. He didn't go to not go to your sister's wedding is very deep. That is deep. My, you know, I had family members that weren't at mine and it was deep, you know, it was deep. Yeah, but, as I said it. Uh, look, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not great, but well, it is a line in the sand. Well, speaking as someone who's just newly married, like, can relationships come back from that? 
Great question. I'll tell you, I think they can if you have family members that are you're so disconnected from that they're not even offended that they didn't come to your wedding. <laughs> they might not even realize that you've had a wedding. You know, like that's the level we're talking about. Right. Some of my immediate family that, that were, were not present. So, <laughs> but for God, I don't know. For Melissa and Teresa. Horrible. I, I think the only thing that will get them back is like mm, next time around. Meaning next wedding that Teresa has. Oh, that's She's nice. Okay, you think Melissa. for the next one she lets her in. Yeah, yeah. And I think, okay. yeah, I think she will. There's something so sad to me. I mean, I have a brother and we're so close. There's just something so sad to me that like both the parents have passed and then the only remaining family members have turned on yeah. each other. It's just so very sad. Like their parents would it be is. so sad. I, I don't know. It really bums me out. It is. It's very sad. You know, but I will say I missed your dad and brother more than my own at the wedding, frankly. (laughs) Here's what's I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, of course you are. But, you know, my dad asked several times if he could come to your wedding. Why wasn't he invited? He was upset. He... My dad just thinks he should be invited to everyone's wedding. Like someone he's met one time, he's like, well, I, I, I can't believe I wasn't invited to that. And it's like, yeah, you don't know them. Like, and my dad does know you, but it was a small wedding. It's like, I didn't see other people's parents running around. Like it was inappropriate. And yet he still was like, can you, can you ask him? Like, no, he's like, well, just call him. Just like, see, my, he has no shame in just simply saying, can I come? I love him so much. But and then he my brother was like, oh, I would have loved to go too. And I'm like, guys, this is deeply inappropriate. Look, and they, they I, look, they were right and I was wrong. Like they were missed. No. Their, their absence was felt. Well, the other thing I didn't even tell you what my dad said is he was just like, basically, if you're a couple days away from the ceremony and people drop off, he has no problem coming last minute too. Oh, you know, he's like, I'll fly in, like, no problem. No questions asked. <laughs> I look, I, it's absurd, I, I, Matt. It's absolutely absurd. You don't even need to answer. It just made me no, laugh it's so everything hard. He that wants we to be at every party. About, yes, and he, he is always life of the party. And it's everything we love about King Paul Wilson encapsulated. And I, he's also I regret a liability. it. I regret he's a liability. Sure, but that's part of the fun. And I regret I regret not inviting your dad more than I regret not inviting my own. Let's just <laughs> let's just say that, you know? It's a simple I truth. I guess you're right when you say neither of our dads got the invite. <laughs> um, but it was the most beautiful wedding in history. And I want to apologize to you for something, which is that I did apologize, but I, I want to know, and I, I'm feel free to take me to the red carpet in our next live show, but... On a scale of one to 10, how upset were you that I messed up my last line in the Sex in the City sketch? I did not even notice. I swear to you, I didn't even notice. Uh, I thought you were going to say how upset was I that you wore the same outfit as me at the rehearsal dinner. Oh, God, no, but I, we've no. Moved, we've moved yeah, past that. that was just um, like, whatever. I mean, how yeah. could you have ever thought I've never worn menswear in my life? Right. Never. And that I had specifically sent you a picture of what I was going to wear <laughs> to show you that. and uh, didn't remember. Yeah. But there all, were a lot that. of outfits coming back and forth, you know. Of, yes, of course. But yes. And that's me. why... 
we forgive and we forget. Um, and I know I don't even remember what the last line. I, I, it was well, you know, truly I unnoticed. Because <laughs> no, yeah, you're not the one to ask what your what your line was. You know, Matt, you had us all playing characters in Sex and the City to kind of open the wedding. You also had the string quartet playing the theme song. They also played the Succession theme song, and the and the Golden Girls theme song. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Friends, obviously, and. Uh, <laughs> Something else. I forget what. Big Little Lies, I think. (laughs) When I heard the Big Little Lies theme song, while I'm just like milling with a, you know, a cocktail before we came out, people were like, it's not like one that you like the succession one comes to mind. You know, I actually have made it my ringtone, which is actually a terrifying ringtone. You're like, here I go to death. (laughs) But (laughs) but the Big Little Lies one's hard to pick out. People were like, huh, now I think I've heard this. (laughs) It's a deep cut. What prompted all that? I had As you're a doing it, list. nothing is sparking for me. It's barely sparking for me. I can't. I can't even like muster more than that. I don't know. I had a running list, and I kept thinking like, okay, what are the shows that Michael and I have enjoyed together the most in recent years? That was a, that was up there, you know. Well, I loved it, and. You know, so we did please know we rehearsed our lines a ton for this. And I'll be honest, I was nervous. And I don't say this to be like, I just don't typically get nervous anymore for performing. And for better, I should be. For weddings? (laughs) No, but like, I was genuinely nervous. Like, my hands were shaking. It was one of those things. It was a nightmare. It's like, you want something to go so well. And what my brain is telling myself over and over is like, don't confuse these two lines. Like, that's what's running in a loop. Mm -hmm. And during a performance, you know, you should just be right in the moment. And And I guess it's where I, I should just throw in that I did say several times, like, you you all can just like bring your scripts up. You don't you know you don't have to memorize it. This is a Matt, yes, it's a scene that you can treat like a wedding, and no one would it ex- with our friend on Zoom. It didn't feel like the kind of thing of like have your script up there. <laughs> you know, it, it just didn't. <laughs> it, right, it felt like an empty offer. <laughs> Very empty. So there I'm up there, and you would call, kind of put together a script, which were from various scenes of Sex in the City. Right. Yeah, it was a mashup of, of, you know, Michael Patrick King's best. That's right. And at the very end, I, as Charlotte, was to say, and I'd like, I just want to say the lines for you now, just so you can hear them the way God intended. And I am using my script at this point. So I say, so then the grooms get walked down the aisle and the officiant speaks and there's a special reading and the vows and then they kiss and we all cheer while we watch our friends enter the next phase of their lives, dressed head to toe in love. Mm. That's a tough one to mess up. What did you say on the day? Okay, on the day I said, hold on, it's so bad. Because these are also references to things that have already been said in the scene. They're callbacks, you know, so that's, they they are very specific. What I said was, the last line I said was, while we watch our friends enter the next phase of their lives, the one label that never wins. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also I a said, line, but in a different part I know, of the let me, let me just get it out to everyone connection. I said, as we watch our friends move to the next phase of their lives, the one label that never goes out of style. <laughs> what does that even oh. mean? 
You didn't even, yeah, oh. you, you didn't even say the, the, the thing that the, the, that the that whole was referring sketch to. Wow. was referring to. It was so strange. <laughs> I can't even tell you what went through my body and mind picturing you and Michael Whoa. and like your dog ready to walk down the aisle with your mothers and just letting that hang out there at the wrong line. It was, I'm so sorry. I did, when that was happening, I was because I had been listening for, from. Uh, I mean, I was about to say off stage, but I was off stage. I was listening, but that was the moment that I had decided at the very last minute that I wanted to be on the other side of my mom. Like I, I wanted to walk like arm in arm on, just like uh, oh, instead of you being on my right, I'm going to be on your right. Just a quick switch. But my mom was so. I mean, it was her day. It was it like she was the queen of, and she was so specific about the way that she was going to be carrying her purse and carrying the. She was already upset that we gave her a beautiful like mother's bouquet that the florist put together because it was like another thing she had to hold. It didn't go with her dress, whatever. She needed her shawl put. It was like, <laughs> I need it covering my shoulders, but not my up, not the top of my shoulders, but up the upper back, but not the middle back. And I want to make sure, like, it was so specific. <laughs> I We were all like fussing over my mom's look with such an urgency before we walked out. And so then for us to be arm in arm listening and me at the very last minute to go, oh, I'm just going to switch sides, which means she's got to switch at where she's holding everything. We got to readjust the shawl yeah. and touch the shoulders, but not the, like that all of, I mean, she was so <laughs> upset when that <laughs> happened but like Why honestly the reason i did it was because at the last minute i realized oh most of my people are sitting on the right side and oh, i right. want to like walk right oh. past them and like and i did start crying as soon as i came in and then i uh was like literally like taking people's hands like they were almost carrying me up there i got to take your hand as we walked yeah. forward i mean that was a special that was worth you know ruining my mother's day <laughs> <laughs> well it was so beautiful watching you walk down and i'm glad you did do it it was so beautiful but your mom's dress was definitely like the center point of the wedding for sure showstopper it's true it's showstopper. hanging in i didn't tell you this it's hanging in her kitchen because that's the most visible part of her house and she's like that dress is a work of art and it shouldn't be uh, stuffed away in a closet. So you walk into her house and the centerpiece of the home Stop. is this <laughs> blue dress <laughs> like hanging over the back door or something. <laughs> like across from the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like so, a museum piece. I mean, it's reminding me when my parents moved their their bedroom down to the living room. Um, right. And my mom's nighty was just like always draped over a fire poker. Oh, yeah. it's just these are strange we, things, you know. Yeah, these are yeah, strange your things. Mom was so cute. She kept calling it the dress and she looked like a oh, million yeah. bucks. She did. And, you know, I think so, at times she may have forgotten what the specifics of the weekend were about, you know, because it was, she was enjoying the throne so much. But <laughs> I just got to, I, I got to uh, the bitch sesh listeners have be, reached out to us so many times and been so sweet about the wedding. I apologize that everyone's had to hear so much about it. And now I'm doing it to you again. But look, this is, this never, is what I bring to the table. You never know? apologize. This, this wedding, we, it's been, we've rallied our entire like lives around it. And I want to say one more thing about your mom. She was so touching at your bachelor party. Oh my God. Did we talk about this on here? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I, I, I mean, and this was all you. This no, was no, 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 no. Like the no. gift of a lifetime. No, but your mom. So the the theme of it was the Wizard of Oz. 
because mm-hmm. tell us. Shockingly, that's my favorite movie. But growing up in Ohio, tell us about your connection to it. I mean, I was just obsessed. You know, like when we turned nine, that was the 50th anniversary. So there was just a lot of Oz merch. And to the extent that like the we had an entire, not even a room, but a hallway that was Oz themed because I had so much Oz swag. Shelves of like dolls and puppets and books and figurines. A lot of like porcelain figurines you'd order from the TV guide. Every, plates, uh, collectible plates hanging on every wall. Everything you could want. There was a time that like a, a woman who played a munchkin was making an appearance. And I like we went on a mad dash chasing her around Columbus, Ohio to meet her. That was all my mom. And uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I had a Oz themed birthday party when I turned four and I Rose Hubschman made me a, I mean, a gingham dress. I, so I believe I was wearing a gingham dress and a little bow. I mean, I was a full so Judy Garland drag queen and we're in rural Ohio and my mom like embraced all of it, you know? She's the best. And yes, so by bachelor She's party. She's the best. That's so beautiful that she, I love how like behind that love of Oz, like how behind you she was. Yeah. Yeah. And at your, at your bachelor party, we did um, a, a Wizard of Oz theme. And then at the dinner, we had the idea for your mom to appear via Zoom in a Glinda the Good Witch costume. And <laughs> you thanked her which was a surprise. And she was so cute. I mean, it was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. She did a spin, she did a walk and just kind of like bringing her in and getting to see her, the mom who did support you since you were so little. Uh, oh. It was so beautiful watching you thank her for supporting you. It, it was truly one of the most beautiful moments of my life seeing it. I mean, and I know that that was very difficult to pull off for you just tech wise, because my mom couldn't figure out zoom and i believe while we're all at dinner you were in locked up in the ladies room like sitting on the toilet with your laptop in your lap (laughs) trying to like do tech support for my mom in ohio which is as everyone knows for this the blind the lady in the blind yeah not your area can you open the zoom link like over and over and over and she was basically like i know and then yeah. her friend was going to come over. It was just so cute. There was some hurdles tech wise. But and, yeah, and so what we landed on was a video that she recorded yeah. and then sent to me. And then we caught and then she was on speakerphones yeah. at the same time while I'm seeing the video. And yes, it's my mom and a Glinda the Good Witch outfit sort of swaying back and forth. So that the dress really like gives you some movement. And she's like, oh, I hear it was a, she's doing sort of a Glinda impression, <laughs> like an abstract Glinda impression. I heard it was a very auspicious occasion. I don't even remember <laughs> so the rest of what cute. she said. I mean, it, I was so shocked. I was so surprised. Uh, it was just like, I can't believe the season of, of love that uh, I got to experience from the engagement party to at June's to that bachelor party, the wedding, all of it. And, and to your, I, um, let's not forget the engagement. The Oh my God. Yes. The engagement, which look listeners, if any of you come to our live show, I'll, I'll I, and when we get to meet in person, I'll tell you the story. I'm not supposed, we're not supposed to say it. We're not supposed to put it on the internet, which is why we well, have never told we the say whole what story happened? here. Yeah, I think we can say what happened, which yeah, is basically... Yeah, we just can't my, play the video. Michael and I went to... Uh, I don't think we can name names, but Michael and I went to... Oh, we can't? I don't think so, but 
Uh, you know better than I. But look, okay. I, people can fill in the blanks. Mike and okay. I were in Hawaii. Um, our our dog had just died, uh, and you know it was like a there was a there was a melancholy in the air, yeah. and we're it was also our anniversary. And uh, we're sitting on the balcony on our first night. We're having margaritas, and the view is just incredible. Like we're we're staying at the you know the Casey Wilson Hotel. We're sort of doing it doing a, a, a Casey style trip. So you know we were really living large. And uh, <laughs> Michael is like comes out with his phone, and he's sort of fussing with his phone. He's like his acting was brilliant because he was like, oh, I, I was supposed to. I, I wanted the hotel to do something for the anniversary, but they couldn't because of COVID. So instead they like sent us this video. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to get this like weird corporate, like <laughs> greetings video from yeah. the hotel. And I, he hands me his phone and it's a video of, um, a, someone very special who we, we won't name, but the most listen, special uh, is, celeb to you, perhaps. Yeah. Bitch has, uh, been on this journey with all yeah. of us. They know what's up. And, yeah. um, she was like, I, um, heard that it's been a really tough year. Or first was just saying, she says, Matt, Hey Matt. And I'm like, what, what, and this is not somebody who's on cameo. Like you can't, this is not, we're, she's not available for sending videos. And she was like, I heard it's been a really tough year. Uh, hopefully this cheers you up a little bit. Um, but, oh, take a look at Michael. He's got a really important question for you. And then Michael's down on one knee, says all the things, gives me a watch that has our, Faye, our dog's name, engraved on the back. Like, it couldn't be... I do. I, I feel, like, embarrassed even talking about it because it's so fairy tale why and would you feel embarrassed it, anyone it, listening it, is loving this this is like it's the dream it's michael's the dream man you're the dream man it, it, it was a dream come true it was like the greatest thing that happened to all of us and I, I and i should say you and june were very instrumental in making that proposal happen and you know you know when after it happened michael, michael asked was us to like, find this human and it wasn't an mm -hmm. easy task <laughs> but God damn it, if this golden angel of a human didn't say absolutely and did it immediately. It was so good. Did it immediately and yeah. and uh forever grateful. Yeah, and, and Michael was like, uh, you know, I was supposed to film this and I didn't, and he was like, Can we do it again? And at one point we were gonna like do a take, like we were gonna fake the whole thing it was and film so it. And I, and I was like, I can't do it. I can't do this. No. But so we just put phones away. We went out to dinner. We celebrated. We had an amazing night. And then the next morning I started doing the phone calls and, and I believe you and June were, uh, were very concerned that a call or a text had didn't come in because you knew exactly when it was happening. And then for it to be radio silent for I mean, so I think many we hours. Our phones for five hours and we were like, something terrible has happened. Like, is Matt alive? We just thought yeah. we would get a, like, he asked. But, something. you know, not about us. It was just like, and then I'll never forget, one of us went to bed before the other one. And then, like, in the middle of the night, someone woke up and was like, nothing still. But, <laughs> you know, it was very sweet that you guys turned your phones off. I loved it. And the whole thing has been a magical journey for us to bear witness to in, like, such a dark time. It's been, like... It, it's the greatest thing that's happened to all of us. I'm so happy mm. for you. You're the best. It's been case. wonderful. Th thank you, everybody who's listening for in indulging uh, and 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 being so sweet and supportive. There were just so many beautiful moments. The last of which, of course, was when the stripper came in in a Tin Man costume. 
So we will take a little <laughs> break and congratulations, Matt Grassi. Congratulations to Michael. Let's come back with our gorgeous guest, Paul James. Yes. Matt. Oh, Casey. Looking at a fresh face. I, fre- I mean, it's surprisingly fresh given his current circumstances, which are, he'll tell us, but they don't seem that fresh. They don't seem that fresh. And all I can say is I'm glad we're on Zoom because our next guest is a, a beloved guest that we've had many times. A gorgeous, gorgeous man, incredible actor and riddled with COVID. Please welcome from TV's Greek and currently Starring. Now that's starring. You heard me right. In okay, Showtime's I Love That for You, alongside Vanessa Bear, Jennifer Lewis, Molly Shannon, Matt Rogers, all the greats. Yes. Please welcome my dear friend Paul James. Hi, hey Paul guys. James. How are we doing? I'm so happy to be here. I how don't, are you doing, Paul? I don't think I'm riddled with COVID. I don't think that's the accurate word. I do. I You don't COVID think is, it's it's in your tip to tush? COVID is laying upon me. It's laying on me. Like, you laying know, its hands upon it's you. It's laying its hands upon me. I, I hope to be released as soon as possible. Right. And those aren't loving arms. And I like that it has not interfered in today's work, which is the most important thing. But it sounds like it has interfered in some right. other yes. little things you got going I'm, on on the side. I'm currently starring in a Midsummer Night's Dream at the Old Globe in San Diego. And I have taken them down. They had to cancel a show uh, last night. And it appears that I am patient zero. So, That's so um, tough to be the, yeah. you know, the one. Yes, the one who and and it's it's awful because everyone like you know checks in on you. How are you doing? And you just feel worse and worse that you're like you know the reason that the show can't go yeah, on. Yeah, and then you hear that more and more people are down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what happens when they let a TV actor go on the stage. We just and they never should do that. That's right because never they've never let me do it, and I don't want to see you know those TV actors at theater. They better. They better look sharp and they better just not get COVID. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we must all know our place. This just reminded me of the strangest. I, I don't mean to take us on a side tangent, but I. That's all this like, podcast should be called side tangent. <laughs> it should. It's true. It's true. I, you know, I'm not much of an actor in general, but like 10 years ago, I want to say, and probably longer, I was an understudy in, I, I auditioned for, I think, Man of La Mancha. That's Ooh. Musical, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm also not a musical. I can't sing or dance, really. Uh, and somehow I auditioned for that. And I and it was at the Antius Theater in Glendale, which is like a good classical yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah. And I was the understudy. And so I, as the understudy, oh, all I had to do, no idea. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not, I, I'm sure I was an understudy of like a chorus member number 10 or something. But I had to, <laughs> all I had to do was go to one rehearsal and watch a run through. That's Just all I had one. to do. And then, like, a month later, I was like, oh, I've never, like, learned a single line or watched the show again or anything. So, and like, I I never even... So even to this day, I still have sort of the actor's nightmare where, like, man of... I've been called in to be in Man of La Mancha. And I don't know a single... And you don't know the words to An Impossible Dream. I have so many questions. Like, are you still with the agent that got you that audition if if you can't even sing or dance to be in mental Uh, I don't even know that answer, to be honest. (laughs) It it does feel like if you're an understudy, it's almost like a doctor on call, you know, with just the same stakes, which is like, you don't know when you're going in. But I would be so terrified to not know my lines because it's like any day now could be me. Yeah. 
Who are you playing, Paul? I play Oberon, the king of the fairies typecasting. Uh, I mean, it's, it's absolutely typecasting, but I, I love it. I, and I want to see it, you know, when you're testing nags, when you get yeah, a sweet nags yeah. come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, speaking of negativity. Ooh. Yeah. Gorgeous transition. <laughs> you're welcome, everyone. You know... We we have but two episodes of television to discuss today. Although if anyone's watching Fuckboy Island season two, I'm open to discussing that in the end. But that's right. F-Boy Island, it's called. I'm sorry. In the It's called F-Boy Island. Oh. You guys are, have uh, you seen it? I, I don't even know what that I, is. No, I don't know what it is either. Oh my gosh. I can, I can, I can imagine, you know, a couple yeah, things. Yeah, I think you can yeah, imagine. Yeah. Apparently, the title is like descriptive. <laughs> makers of The Bachelor, these people are on an island, three gals. They're all like very hot pieces, just gorgeous gals. Then all these guys come on. Half of them are F boys, they call them. As though F boys is like a term we all use all the time. Like it's very like. And then half of the, so like the F boys are not there for the right reasons. Obviously they just, you know, it's very clear. And they win $100,000 if they convince these women to fall in love with them. And the women think that they are nice guys. So we've got half nice guys, oh. half F boys. Oh, and these guys are good actors. I got to tell you. Okay. Oh. And it moves at the pace of a snail. And Nikki Glaser, <laughs> host, she's a dream. She's so funny, so perfect. And I've just, but I'm sucked in because you want to know, like, and then they go, like, there's like a drum roll and the tense music. And they're like, Carlos, tell us, are you a nice guy or are you an F boy? And then that's the show. I mean, that's it. And I'm wow. loving it. And what to be you, a self-identified F-boy. Yeah. What if you change your mind? What if like, you know, like you go in as an F-boy, but you learn a lesson and you realize you're actually a nice guy and you change in the middle. So apparently someone did realize that last year, but then that broke up. He's back. And then other people right. are back and it's like, last year I was an F-boy. This year I'm a nice guy. And it's like, has he <laughs> Wait, changed or not? No. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, it's tough, you know, to see men try to swindle women out of a hundred grand. <laughs> that is not where we it need to be. It is really rough. One more little anecdote about my desperate <laughs> acting days in my twenties. <laughs> this is about something even darker, which was a show called Gay Straight or Taken. It was a game show that I, in my most desperate moment, auditioned for. The premise was <laughs> a girl, a, a woman, goes on three dates, three different men. One's gay, one's straight, one's taken. One's, I guess, straight. And she ha they all have to fool her into believing that they are the one who's there for the right reasons. I, of course, was auditioning to be the gay guy. That audition was me, <laughs> your me alone. Matt. I, 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 Paul, I'm thinking some of these were probably like self-submissions. You okay, know what I mean? Okay. Right. Like and, on a community, a community like a cork board. Where yeah, you pull like a, a Craigslist. <laughs> um, so uh, the audition was like just me... Uh, trying to like act butch and like hit <laughs> and audition for a female casting director and sort of like flirt with her and, and try nice. to do it in the broiest way possible. I mean, it's so grotesque. At one point <laughs> she turns on, she's like, okay, now, now we're, we're imagining that you're on a boat with your date and um, your shirt is off and things are getting a little sexy. And so she, <laughs> I had to take my shirt off <laughs> and then she turns on um, um, Justin Timberlake, uh, senior Rita, 
I'll never <laughs> forget this and start dancing. And it was like in like it was like in slow motion. I was like, OK, I guess I'm going to dance shirtless to this song now in like the straightest way that I can imagine. The most gay situation, oh if I may God. say that. You Absolutely. Know? And that, that and that was really, I think, the, the challenge of that exercise. That and here's the kicker is I was cast. I did receive the call. That didn't happen to me very often, but I did receive that call. <laughs> And I, 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 some, I don't remember who talked sense into me because I was like, I'm, I was like, guys, I, I'm getting like $300 for this. Like, God I, you know, it. this is God. huge money. I must do for it. Somebody talks work. me out it's of shooting. it. Anyway, I'm so sorry. For, that's the last, Matt. last Look, we've all, uh, we've all track it. I'll do. In that show, even its conceit is like incredibly offensive. Shocking. I, <laughs> shocking stuff. <laughs> Shall we start? Let's start with Beverly Hills. It's freshest in my mind. Um, Just saw it. Paul, Mm -hmm. where are you with the gals of the 90210? I think think it's a really good season, you know? I mean, I think we always got to have eight women on a show. This is my new thing. I want eight women on the show all the time in case case there's a terrible storyline or two or three. We keep it moving, you know? I, I I am loving Erica Jane this season, not in that I actually like her, but it's like, I just love that we're watching her downfall. Like we're watching like a, a slow backslide. What's more American, right? Than mm-hmm. watching uh-huh. a terrible person lose it all in a blaze of glory, you wow. know? Sidebar, can't wait for Salt Lake City. For, oh, oh, of course. You know I mean? Come on. Of course. Uh, you know, these are hot takes because, you know, every guest has to bring their own take to the table, you know, right. and I appreciate this view on it. And of course, I now am with you, you know, and I forget <laughs> anything else I thought. Matt, where are you with Ms. Jane? I am, gosh, uh, I've soured on her in a real way. Um, she's just... God, I don't know. It's hard. My thing with all of Beverly Hills is that I normally like in any of the cities, there are people I'm genuinely rooting for and love. And like in Beverly Hills, I kind of just like dislike all of them equally. I'm not really rooting for anyone. I don't believe in anyone. I think they're all equally terrible. So every single one, huh? Every single one. Oh, oh, sorry. Except for Garcelle. Garcelle. It's almost like she's not even a housewife in a way. You know what's interesting about this? I was watching the taglines and I noticed that every tagline is read as like a villain in a Disney movie, except for Kyle, who like just didn't get the memo, which is like working on another level because Kyle just feels like at this point, I love Kyle. I always have at this point, she feels superfluous, you know, like I'm just losing why she's there. But like, even when they're, um, what are the lines? Like, uh, I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. You know, like they all go, they all go down in their voice. Um, The only thing that's better than having it all is having even more, you know, like (laughs) it gets so fucking sinister. And I, I I agree. I think there's, there's something about Beverly Hills where it's, there's, they're not relatable at all. They, they have more wealth and they're kind of just, they're kind of all villains, you know? And Erica's tagline is the most villainous. I mean, it is like violent, she, what I've did got she nothing, say? I've, I've got nothing, nothing to hide and nothing to lose. And that makes me dangerous. Which also, by, long. Which, by the way, <laughs> I, 
And that makes this a long tagline. I disagree with all of that. I think she's got a lot to hide. I think she still has more to lose. And I think she's never been less dangerous because she doesn't have any status. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Paul, way to pull apart her tagline. You know? You're right. The word sinister, there is like a sinister quality hanging over heavy, like over the season. Yes, to all of it. And it's... It's just so telling that, like, we've got this explosive thing happening with Erica. We've got, like, Dorit's home invasion and these big life events. And yet somehow, what it's so Beverly Hills that it's like, okay, but the, the so the main storyline is, like, what Sutton said on Watch What Happens a year ago. And now Lisa right. Rinna's mad. It's like, it all, all feels and so crystal invented. And what and... Oof, oof, it's oof. just, it, it doesn't, no one, it's not oh, landing God. in a, like, easy place. No, no it's but it's still good. No, it's not. But it's still, if you accept it for what it is, which is just like the rich villains, like it's good TV still. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, which I like, think everyone listening has has done that yeah, work like, and done that that right. hard work of it's accepting it. It, it. It's a little dark. Yeah, I was watching Very the Never dark. Before scene um, yesterday, which um, is interesting because <laughs> every time you see the Never Before scenes, you're like, that's actually kind of an interesting scene that you omitted. I wonder what you put oh. there. Oh. And you saw the basis, I was watching just the end of the episode of last week, and you saw sort of, um, there was a whole like Harry Hamlin thing, which was the base of Lisa Rinna's sort of like argument monologue where she, you know, swung wildly from emotion to emotion. Um, But you actually saw the base of it there. And it kind of grounded it a little bit where you're like, mm, oh, really? I see I see a little bit where she, where she jumped off and where she really got to be in her bonnet. And then as I was watching it again, when she, when she goes to like eight or nine, like in, in emotion and starts yelling, there's a cut, like you see her very calm and then it cuts to her yelling. So I kind of think, I don't really want to speak up for Rena. I kind of think they did her dirty and she kind of got a bad edit, which made that monologue look worse than it probably actually was. Wow. Was my thought. Do you think that's why they released the scene? I don't know. I, I don't know why they do the never before scenes. I guess they just have too much stuff that can go in an hour, you know? Because it did seem completely unhinged. Like even for her, it was wild. I thought it was like, you know, when you're, when you're at, like, especially when you're younger and you're just like on stage acting bad, like in theater school and you don't know what to do. So you just keep pushing and yes. trying, you know, that's what, it, that's what the monologue felt like. No, it was. I hate to say it, but when we were at, um, Oh, let's not toothless. <laughs> Black and gold dinner. Um, Never going to roll off the tongue. That, it's it's not going to roll off the teeth or the tongue. Well, it's but, just, it's, you know what? And let's, let's put that over there because it's obviously an incredibly beautiful charity. But when, when Lina, when, sorry, when Rina is, is doing that whole breakdown and all the women crowd around her, of course, I know she's going through pain. I right. felt the pain of losing a mom. You know, it, it's, of course. But I did feel it. I've been there like more in my 20s where you're like, I'm busted. I've done something terrible. I don't really know what else to do here, but just like go for broke and cry and hope everybody right. just kind of yeah. like forgets what happened. And she willed those tears. That's to like come. what like kids those, do. Those tears didn't come. Those weren't those tears didn't come <laughs> naturally. Didn't, <laughs> yeah, they come, they didn't come cheap. Didn't come cheap. Didn't come for free. They it, didn't it, come at all. Took a long time. Like, if they came at all, it's because whoever was dabbing her probably had some menthol on that napkin, you know, and was helping her right, out. Right, whoever yeah. was helping her with the, the lash. I didn't see a tear. Did you, Matt? I did not see a single tear. Uh, 
she really did come unraveled in a way that was like so shocking. I mean, it felt like she had mapped out a bit of an emotional arc for herself and she knew this was going to be the climax and like it didn't quite go the way that she thought it was going to go to get there but she was like and now we're here (laughs) yeah it's like we're a couple beats quicker than i thought but okay i always feel with rinna like the the conflict she jumps into on the show she's so emotionally disconnected from them because she is just sort of acting and like doing the job that it almost feels like she, it's like an improv game. Like someone shouts out a suggestion. She's like, I'm mad at Sutton for the thing she said last year. Great. Right. Go. Right. <laughs> jumps right. in. Right. I'm like, I couldn't commit to it. And I'm still but, mad at Sutton. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm completely over it and I'm crying about my mom. No, done. I'm in. Like, <laughs> just, I'm listening she to commits. Melissa Etheridge and bopping along. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God! The Melissa Etheridge appearance. It looked like she was being held prisoner, didn't it? Yeah, well, she was behind that she curtain. Was. Guys, oh, I have to tell you, like I, I, I texted you, Matt, with a spoiler, <laughs> a, a full chain of people with the spoiler about about Melissa because I love Melissa Etheridge. First of all, I want her to have no part. Of these women. None. Like, as no. much as I spend my life and do my life's work around these women, I don't want Melissa to have to deal with them. And when Lorena is screaming at the top of her lungs and a man scurries over and is like, we got to start. She's ready. I'm like, <laughs> I'm picturing, who were you guys picturing back there? Maybe like, <laughs> trying to even think, like a one Boy hit George wonder. Again. Boy know. George yeah, again you know. was number or, one. you know, Sharon Stone. I was like, yeah, there's oh, yeah, been so yeah, much yeah, Sharon yeah. Stone build up. Is she going to perform? Dorit, such a clumsy move by Dorit. She's like, I see you're Jamie Lee Curtis and I raise you as Sharon Stone, but we don't actually get to see Sharon Stone. But guys, Melissa Etheridge is an absolute legend. And for her to have to be crouched behind a curtain and listen to Lisa Rinna scream across the table at another woman, at another woman, while two women who have started a gorgeous charity are having to sit there. And then for Dorit to have to clink the glass and say, we've got a performer and it to be an actual legend was I screamed. It was the most uncomfortable, upsetting thing because Melissa was behind a curtain. It wasn't like she wasn't hearing all of this. I she know. was probably just like, I'm going. I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to do my songs. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. I also, I also think that anytime we have a dinner party, I now want there to be like at least four people who aren't affiliated with the housewives. So we can always cut to their reactions. Like the yeah. reactions of those two women were just priceless. Priceless. Yes, it's so good to see at real human beings be forced <laughs> yes. to interact with them. You know, because so we don't get good. that we too don't often. Get it a lot. You're right. Michael goes while we're watching that scene. Michael's like curled up next to me, watching, feeling like sick about the Melissa Etheridge. He just goes, um, "They don't deserve Melissa Etheridge," and I was like, "That's no. exactly right." They don't. That is exactly what I felt like. Uh, Jamie Lee at least brought a spirit of like, I'm presenting a charity so I could kind of, you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. She had an agenda. And I think Melissa's agenda was also tied to this charity too. But like the way Melissa got set up, I mean, I guarantee she was so pissed that that was her entrance. Like women I, I, screaming. I, I, I'm so, you know, I'm so curious about what PK does anyways. I mean, clearly he's involved in music and, you know, it's funny when he got pulled over by the cops, he he didn't even pull like the I do you know who I am card? He's like, Do you know who my friends are card? And it like still didn't yeah. work. It's just like Does so anybody sad. think he was at like a charity event of like fifty people long table and John Legend was like forty five seats away from him? No, because yes. look look, he actually has I think he might actually have 
some pull. Like he got Melissa, Melissa, I can't say her name. It's the COVID. Melissa Etheridge and Boy like, George. Like maybe he, he does know charity. People. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. know. I Melissa don't know. showing up to me felt very connected to, 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 to homeless, not toothless. You yeah. Know. You guys, and, I just want to say, and like, this might be wrong. It's but going I just, to be. I feel like homeless, not toothless is one of those charities where it's like, Careful. Yes. You're doing a good thing by giving a homeless person a nice smile. You could set yourself higher, your goals higher, and give that homeless person a home. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just have to stop at, like, one person's teeth. Like, how much money are you are you making? Like, can we can we widen the net a little bit more? You know, does it just... I, I, I don't know. I just thought... Okay. You're... I, I hear you. You know, I did do some digging on it because I was like, now what's this now? Now it is like was named one of the like best charities by was some. It? By what? Yeah. By who? Well, okay, by someone. Okay. Someone. <laughs> someone said that. And also they do also give sets of chompers to veterans with PTSD and such and such. Okay. That, well, the name is right. Now the name is worse than I thought it was to begin with. Okay. Right. Because I, I, I don't know if those veterans or then also, you know, I, the name is not great. And when Kathy said, I mean, when Kathy said, you know, you need teeth. You need teeth. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard to talk without teeth. Yeah. Kathy God. always comes in with a zinger. Oh, my Please. God. By the way. I saw it. We have to talk. You saw it. We have we to talk, have about, to talk about it. it. I saw it. Speaking of Kathy Hilton, oh my God. They did her so fucking dirty by playing that game, and I'm so happy they did. Yeah, listen. By do or dirty, I mean she deserved that game. Like, but they set her up. It was like, boom, because they knew she is. Can one of you describe what happened in case anyone hasn't seen this? Oh, please. Yeah, it was on what 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 happens uh, live and uh, watch what happens live afterwards. They had Kathy and um, Crystal, and uh, they had this game where they were just showing celebrities to see if Kathy knew who they were, and she actually did was doing pretty okay with some of them. And then Lizzo came on, and she I can't, I can't do it. Lizzo came on and she goes, "Oh, that's that's precious," and. And then it just cuts to the two black gentlemen at the bar as they just put glasses to their mouths so they wouldn't have to smile. <laughs> it was a moment where you know that it's wrong. It's like, you know it's wrong. You know it's awful. It's a terrible thing that just happened. And yet, did I laugh? Like, did laughter escape from my mouth? Like, in, in a very loud, like, did my cat, like, jump off my, my lap and run? Yeah, it did. But she's going to take some heat for that, you know? Oh, yeah, as she uh, should. And yeah. of course, it, it is, it's hilarious. I felt bad that Crystal is on camera laughing, but I know that she is with us where it's like she's not laughing because of the, no. of the content of the thing about Lizzo. She's laughing because it's like, wow, Kathy is just buck wild yeah. and, and so wrong. Is buck. Ka yeah. And yeah. Wrong and strong. <laughs> Kathy also, the thing about Kathy too, like I'm on to Kathy now. Like Kathy, Kathy does this thing where she just pretends that she lives in divine confusion and like that gets her out mm -hmm. of a lot of things and, mm -hmm. and makes people treat her a certain way when it's like, I know you're a lot more savvy than you let on. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you're type A person masquerading as a kind of, you're right. Divine confusion is a beautiful phrase I've never heard. And I love it. Yes. That is the Kathy Hilton story. But you're right. It's a masquerade. It is. It's a complete mess. You know, much like Midsummer's. you know, there's costume like and there's um, everything street. comes back to it. That's it, right. She's also that that moment had it had racism. It had also she's naming a character name. I mean, every part of it was the most uncomfortable. And I mean, it let's not forget when Kathy thought Garcelle was Kyle. Which I think, I mean, that was yeah. even that or, was, or wasn't there a moment when there was a funny moment when Kathy met Sheree? Sheree. A Sheree. Yeah. And yes. was like, uh, oh, well, She's good like, to see you again. You. She's like, I don't think we've met before. And it was like, oh, Kathy, yeah, Sheree's like, I would remember meeting Kathy. Don't mm-hmm. don't make this like you think she's another black person. Just don't say anything. Walk away. Walk away. You know. But she doubled down. Oh, she do- have we gotten to the moment yet? Or is no. it is it coming or did it go where she says that she because she was friends with Michael Jackson, she doesn't see color or whatever that quote is. Did I dream yes. this? Did, did she say no, that? No, God, uh. no. That occurred in um, over in Palm Springs over there in La Quinta. So that, that is so she really did get through that moment somewhat unscathed. She got through that moment, but what where we're hurtling toward is Aspen. Yeah, right. That's yeah. going to be the that's the biggie. She, she's building a case for herself that is not great. It was not great. What was she? A, a case? A, a defense? No, no. She's what she like, did. I'm sorry. Like she's building the wrong kind of case. Like she's giving right. us evidence of like kind of her true nature. Yes. You know? And this just goes to show you that like we just be careful who you open your heart to with the new cast member because Kathy burst onto the scene. She we'd seen plenty of her, but like when she really became a friend of, I was like, oh, I've never loved anyone more. No one's ever been funnier. No one's ever been better on TV. And now I'm like. Oh, I mean, it's the same kind of with Diana. I loved her at first and like I've turned on her. But like Diana, like here's the thing I think about Beverly Hills. Like I think Beverly Hills is different from the other housewives because you you, you need to have someone really, really rich. Right. Like an Adrian or a Diana or a Sutton seems rich or Erica before, you know, Mm. like you need it's that mixed with the celebrities, the Kyles, the Eileen's, the even Yolanda's and also like mixed with like crooks, you know, like. Erica mm. now and Dana Wilkie and Dorit, you know, you, it, it all like sort of meshes together. So I, even though she's not amazing, she's giving, so, she's giving rich. She's married to like, mm-hmm. a, is she married to like a Broadway theater geek? Is that what, yeah. is that what he is? Asher, he just we got to talk about Asher. <laughs> he just came up. Like yeah. That's... We need to talk about Asher. <laughs> I did a deep dive on him this morning. Well, uh, first of all, is he a good singer? That is a genuine question that I can't tell. And I listen to a lot of his music today and I still don't know. <laughs> I say he is. I'm going to say especially, and I'm with Kathy on this, nine times out of ten. Mm-mm. But <laughs> I think especially in the position he's in, he's he might as well be fucking Pavarotti, given that he was singing on a Housewives show. Looking yeah. the way he looks with that ridiculous hat and that and he's ridiculous. That did you see his wedding ring? His wedding ring was wild. It was it looked like um like a class ring meets like a ring when you win the Super Bowl. Like it was huge and large with I've never seen anything like that on a man. I mean, more power to him. Um no, you guys killed me. Sorry, sorry, Paul. I just have to say, I was literally laughing so hard when we opened the scene with Asher just Tinkle in the ivories alone. Oh my God. Just playing for himself. And then here comes Diana in a Gucci tracksuit 
and she sits on the stairs and and she just goes, Ashley just happened to be playing piano on the house on camera. And that's my favorite thing. And I'm like, oh, Asher, you did. He didn't know you were home. He, he didn't, didn't know. know didn't, he didn't know the cameras were there. Didn't know the cameras. You oh, didn't he? know. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that sometimes I listen to your podcast before I actually watch the episodes. Um, and a couple weeks ago, when when they had the one with Erica, when he was singing and Erica was singing along, like <laughs> you guys didn't actually you you did not do that justice. And when I okay. when I finally watched I it, that feedback, I started I, when I finally watched it, I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I mean, I told you I had to basically turn it off. It was the most uncomfortable, upsetting it, thing. But you think even still, I undersold that. I still, I, I, I somehow it was still undersold. Yeah. I just couldn't. I just couldn't believe what I was. No, watching. I get that. It really, really took me back. I um, get that. I get but that. the best you moment know, of that sequence was when Erica Jane just like without even think instinctually called him bitch. Because she was just like, this. she was like, oh, this is one of my people. Like, we're speaking a certain language. He could be another Mikey. Like, right. I'm not implying anything, but, you know, it's just a certain vibe that she was getting that yeah. I think everyone I, with I eyes and ears just getting. three more quick little, if I may, before we, we head into Atlanta. But back to the, the charity event, it did just make me up. It's like, Diana, here's all her wealth. She's been blessed with this wealth, you know. She's kind of entitled in her way of course she came from a bad past but it's like she's already got so much wealth and she's got to have also two sets of teeth you know it's right. like, let's not blonde. right let's she's not blonde. At all. she has it all you know okay now then when lisa rena is screaming crying like doing that scream cry okay going like i don't know how to do this the waiter comes by and sutton has to make a tough choice <laughs> She has to negotiate a tough moment, which is to just sort of the guy hands her champagne and she kind of has to decide how much do I give this waiter, you know, and she turns and kind of takes it and but pauses like a deer in headlights, but does take it and really takes it and then turns back. <laughs> and it just really made me laugh, laugh, laugh. And then we also heard about a gentleman named Dwight. You know, Dwight. And Dwight. see that Dwight to be reminded that Dwight is the one that threw Ken onto the Baja no, shelf. Dwight is the one that pushed an old man, right, <laughs> elderly. an elderly man on on a slick water covered surface with no depth, <laughs> right? At his yeah. was it was it Ken's birthday party yes. at his own birth on national television pushes him down. That motherfucker would be out of my life too. I'd oh. be like fucking kick rocks. We're no longer friends. Fuck you, Dwight. He should have been arrested for that. That's assault. That's assault. Absolutely. He could have broken his back. He's lucky Ken can still walk. Ken. Those dogs oh, should Dwight. be carrying Ken because he's lucky he can walk. Now, there's, that. There's an, there, there was another moment that, that was probably my, fa- my favorite Yeah, moment. go ahead. I'm such, a, I'm such a lover of Mauricio and he's doing the best he can, you know, He's always just trying to enjoy himself. And that moment when PK was oh like, my God. Uh, which one looks best? And he's like, oh, uh, my wife. Like, I got this one. He's like, no, no, no. wives are out of it. He's like, okay, what's the second best choice? Oh, got it. Your wife. She looks great. He's like, no, we can't pick those two. He goes, ooh, um, who does my wife like the best? Uh, Rina? <laughs> Is that right? You know? And then, it, and then it comes back at the end when he goes... What did he say to Rena when he's like, I think you're strong or something like that? Out of the yes. yes. All the way across the room. Across the room. Like, 
three drinks in. You know, how many times do Mauricio and PK need to be told that their behavior is is unacceptable? It's like these two, Costello and Costello over here. This one's given that one a gold Hermes belt buckle. And this one's, they're just at this point, like drunkenly, like there's just something about it. I'm like, all right, guys, pipe down. Yeah. And it's, I've, I'm always so fascinated by their dance because I'm like, I do believe they genuine, like none of the husbands ever give a shit about each other, but they like are real friends. Yeah. And I'm always, I'm like, isn't Mauricio like a little bit above this, this like sleazy dude? But I think you're right, Paul. It's because Mauricio's always stoned. And when you're stoned, I think you are naturally drawn to people who are uh, pigs. Crooks. I don't know what else, yes. how else to say. It. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, like PK like lives in the shit. He, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like he is like in the muckety muck, and that's kind of, I don't know. When you're high all the time, it's sort of fun to be around people like that who are not, you know, walking in the civilian uh, world. Matt, yeah, you're I, so yeah. right. Like PK's a little river rat, and Mauricio's like, I'll grab a raft and get down there with you in the muck. <laughs> And Kyle really pissed me off in that scene. It's like, again, I'm not trying to like, I know it's housewives. I know we want to act out. But again, we have, you know, I did feel badly like this charity is taking place with these like very kind women. The way Kyle was screaming, first of all, there was such a garish setup that's over there. But then we're in this like weird shape where people have to yell. It's like, Kyle, just trying to stir the shit to keep a job. And God forbid any, God forbid Kyle let anything just be swept under the rug for a moment. You know, you're right. She doesn't have anything to offer this season. So she's like, I've got to just make sure to stir stuff up and point out things. It's like she's taking Rina's role from last year. Yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I I got it. This is the first season where I this is the first season where I haven't enjoyed Kyle. And it sucks to say that because I do. I'm a big fan of Kyle, but I don't see what she's bringing. Um, The the sort of the thing that I thought was kind of interesting about this show is like the alliance that she has, you know, with. There's clearly an alliance with like Dorit and her and and Rena and and Erica. Oh, yeah. And I thought that's just sort of fascinating in a way. It's like, oh, we're bringing like a little survivor to Housewives, and like, oh, Teddy got voted out, you know. Um, yeah. But it and now I, I just there's there's nothing good about it now. And and it's, but do you think we can sustain without her? Like, just try to everybody listening, try to take a minute and just imagine our world without Kyle. Are we good? Does the center hold? I think she's a connector. I don't know that, it, yeah. like, uh, yeah, that's why I'm not I'm not really in favor of getting rid of her because I think yeah. she's kind of a connector. I know. I think we need her. And she's also, even though she has a, her, she's like has it out for Sutton, which I find to be strange because um, Sutton's doing the Lord's work on the show. Like, let's yeah. be honest, oh, Sutton, sure Sutton's is. the center right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Kyle isn't, and this is a good segue to Atlanta too, like Kyle isn't nasty to newbies, you know, like she will mm-hmm. accept them and stuff like so I, I still think you can have her on the show and have new people and have her interact with them. Um, wow. But yeah, that is the, that is the problem with the OGs, the sort of center diamond center, peach center, what have you, is that like they become less, they're, they're getting, they're getting in the muck less and less. And then it's like, well, now you're not, you're not, you're not even part of a, a storyline. Right. But that does bring us to it. Cause like Candy, who normally has that problem is kind of, 
I don't know if we're ready to move on. Well, I think let's take a quick break and we'll pick right back up there. I'll just say quickly on Beverly Hills. I'd love everyone to get the memo that complaining about too much caviar on the table is pretty gross. It's now happened twice with everyone's like, okay, I think that's enough caviar. This is like a lot of caviar. Guys, please. So just, I just want that memo to get out there to whoever needs to say. Oh, you know what I wanted to say? I did want to say one more thing. Are we still on? The thing I noticed about Sutton, and I love Sutton, do you guys notice how Sutton's face is always on the move? You know what I mean? Like mm. her her she's got more facial expressions and and they and they go from like she'll do 10 facial expressions in in, in 10 seconds when someone's talking to her. It's kind and of it's like Winona Ryder at the Oscars. Remember when yes. she was yes. going through all yes. those expressions? And it's weird because the other women's like their faces don't the other women, their faces don't move. So it's yeah. it's it's sort of weird to see Sutton's face like just dart uncontrollably. And it, it it's kind of off-putting. And so I could see why if you met Sutton like in the wild, you wouldn't like you'd see her and you'd be like, that's too much energy for me. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. want to be a part of it. Um went on for the show. And really I'm ties gonna it need Crystal to stop crying in every scene. And I, I know don't. that seems callous or cold. I understand why she's crying. I just want to balance out the crying with some housewives. It was some housewives um, energy. You know what I mean? Like I need big Mm -hmm. housewives energy. Then cry all you want. They can't kind of have one or the other, you know? I think we've gone as far as we can go in Crystal, don't you think? I mean, I hate to. Look, she. uh, Yes. Agreed, Paul. And I don't know. no cast has ever been less equipped to discuss uh, an issue as <laughs> this cast is. The most delicate of issues. To, so true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just th- they are. Orange, Orange County would handle this with care compared to Beverly Hills. Absolutely, they would be like like psychologists compared to the level of like sensitivity and understanding that's happening in this group. I know. I just showed what seemed to be uh, um, non-understanding in my comment before. Not at all. You're not talking about that. You're talking about ev- everything outside of of it. You, but you're right. I, I will give Sutton this. Like, as much as I've said Sutton is so unempathetic and unsympathetic and kind of this like narcissistic streak, she was the one that picked up on that fact that when everyone was like talking about Crystal's eating disorder, oh, it yeah. was very like not rooted in care or concern at all. She was. Hundred percent. She was like, I mean, she was like, I-, I can't talk about. Like, she's not here. Let's not talk about this. She was the only person that realized. Yeah. Like, yes, we're on a TV show and we got to talk about stuff, but like, this is not the moment or the. This is a genuine, genuine issue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break and we will be back with Atlanta. We're back. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Atlanta really killed me this week. It really, really, really killed me. Got some great episodes this season of Atlanta. Great episodes. Absolutely great. And I want to say something. I've been getting a lot of questions just kind of from people who are like, where should I start with Atlanta if I don't watch? And I just want to answer this because a friend of mine was like, I started in the beginning. And I'm loving the Nini Kim, but kind of around season three, do I jump forward? Because, you know, when you start a new Housewives, it's like, I'm looking at down the barrel of 14 years of history, you know? And I think I liked her path, which is that she's doing one and two. And now she's skipping ahead to kind of the meat of the Phaedra, the, you know, Kenya's entrance with Gamaku and Fabulous. She's getting into that meat. And then she's kind of carrying through to now. And 
I I just urge everyone to get in because this season, but also I just want to know there's no wrong way. Like you could just start this season yeah. of Atlanta. You could just start yeah. this season of Salt Lake and be good. Mm, it's Salt been a great Lake, season Salt in Lake, my mind. You might need a little bit of uh, history. Salt well, Lake, you, you might, might want you might yeah. want season one. You might yeah, want. you don't don't deprive yourself the joy of every episode of that of that show because I feel about the cast of Atlanta exactly the opposite about Beverly Hills, where like I kind of just dislike everybody on Beverly Hills except for Garcelle. I like everybody on Atlanta, and every conflict yeah. I'm kind of like, well, I, you know, I, I got some you of guys. I'm, I got I got to draw a line in the sand, you know. And I'm glad she has a page, and it's great for the show. Marlo is terrible. Marlo is just like she's in so she's much disgusting. pain. I get it, like I can see, but like get in therapy so you're not just slinging. She goes so dirty, she cuts to the bone. So hard. She's so messy. She's so awful. I, I, I mean, yeah. it's she's it's, so awful. The the thing. I don't have kids. I would love to have kids. Always wanted them, wanted a bunch, right? Hopefully one day I will. You just, I know enough that you can't get rid of them when they're making you unhappy. You know, like you just, that's just, it's such a basic tenet that she's so distasteful. Just, and I do know, I know that hurt people hurt people and her past is like, is infusing all of this, but she's a vile human. And I was, no one was more excited than I was for her to get a peach. I was rooting for her. I really was. But, you know, Kenya was actually saying, I think Kenya tweeted this or something, and I did love it. She's like, on Housewives, there should be villains you love to hate rather than, like, hate. Mm, hate. And right. I think that is where Marlo is falling. Like, for her to turn to Candy and say these awful things and say that Todd said awful things about Candy, that Candy puts her mother first. It's so disturbing. She just, she cuts right to the bone and it's, she's getting into that territory that woman in um, OC was in with me, um, Noella, or like, it's just Dorinda. too much. Dorinda. 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 Yeah. Yes. Dorinda on the yeah. girl on girl's trip. Yeah. It's like, it's ugh. just too dark and I'm, yes. I'm unable to have a good time in a way. And Kenya lost her date. And that was the most important, upsetting part Did for me. Did he just go to the bathroom? That was, I don't think he just ran away. I, I think he might have so. just gone to the bathroom Okay, okay. Because I thought he just like walked out. And I'm no, like, no, Marlo's no. going to ruin something else for Kenya? It's, it's funny. Isn't it wild how, and Casey, you've always been a Kenya fan, but like, I used to hate Kenya. Day one. Like, Kenya used to be the one I was like, this is not good TV, you know? Um, she's great. I love her. She's there's She's breezy. She's funny. She's the star Gorgeous. of the show, you know? She's one liners oh, left. In that right white center. dress. In that white oh, dress. That pan she's up. Stunning. Yeah. yeah and and, she's, and her girls' trip her, what was a her, was a great moment for her. I think like to for her to come right. off of girls' trip and not have the season she's having. She she is the moment. She's right. She is the moment. Right. She the, is I, right. And she the funny is. thing about Girls Trip is she was just like shedding the dead weight of Cynthia. <laughs> you know, I know. She was just sort of like, uh, sorry, you're gone. Stop, stop touching me. And she's just like flying without Cynthia. Right. Just shimmying out of the wits. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. Cynthia's energy and free. You know, I just loved her this episode. You know, Sonia's got this absurd rule that everyone needs to bring a plus one, which is just so gross. Okay, fine. Her friend is sick. I don't believe Kenya ever invited a friend. Okay. Then here at Kenya on the on the golf cart ride from lobby to room has a date for the night. As just picks up a British cute guy and gets his number. And next thing we know, he's on the trip with us. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's only could. I'm well, no, I guess that could have happened in New York too, but um, it, maybe with Sonia, I could see or Luann, or but Luann, like this was sure. big or Ramona. No, like any of those women. Yeah. Still. But it felt actually like a, a, a an atta- not attainable. I mean, like, like someone that you could actually date, you know, with Luann, it's like mm. picking up like a right. 19 year old lifeguard yeah. or, and, and yet when they flash back to the people that Kenya has chosen to date, you, oh, no. you, you I, find Kenya's fatal flaw. Like I love Kenya now. I mm-hmm. root for her. I want her in all these things. Any guy that I see that is close to her, I want to be like, run, run, yes. um, which isn't completely fair, but. And what do you think the conversation, like, I just want to know, like brass tacks logistically, that guy's at a resort. He sees a bunch of golf carts and a bunch of cameras go by <laughs> and like makes, uh, and, and, and notices one of them's cute. And she an pulls Olympic over, runner, gets number, go like, on. Uh, yes. And <laughs> right, at what right. point is he like, either like, I, I know who you are and yes, I'll sign the waiver and I'll be on. Or does she have to side text him and be like, okay, just real quick. Um, there's going to be cameras. Millions of people are going to see that. Like what? I'm on a reality How does that show. all shake out? Yeah. I think Matt, the, I think I the production know. people probably actually do all that. Right. Like after the conversation happened, they go to him and they're like, this is a show. Like you have to be, yeah. you got to sign the waiver to be on. Here's a mic. You know what I mean? Like, See, I know we only got like four lines out of him, but to me, he's the night he he's better than any guy we've ever seen. That's because he's English. English. (laughs) But you know where he got me? Well, first he comes in and hands her a Red Bull, and I said, "What the fuck is that?" He handed her a Red Bull, and then I remember it's because he remembered that she said she was tired, and it was a very sweet gesture. And she was like, "This is exactly what I needed." Like she wanted that Red Bull, and he knew it. (laughs) And right. I've never seen any man hand Kenya anything beyond like a lawsuit, yes. divorce, and like yes. a custody <laughs> battle. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a good guy. And then you're right. Like, uh, you know, if he was there for the wrong reasons, he would have stayed at that dinner table through the conflict. Right. It's like that's right. what you're, you're here right. for. But he took himself out. So I Absolutely think John. Right. We got to keep an eye on John. We got to keep an eye on John. Now, here's what I don't want to keep an eye on anymore, Sonia. Uh, you know I, what? I hate her. You know, I hate you know what her. it is. You know, the thing about Sonia, it's just that like, like a little dabble, do you, you know, and we just got Why is she way, running point. Why is she running trips, running parties? Thank you. Yeah. We got saturated with Sonia and it was like, Ooh, that's, it's just too much. <laughs> it's too she, much Sonia. It's too much Sonia. You know, it, it's, um, the thing about Atlanta that I think it is dip, like it's so hard to be a newbie on Atlanta because the established women in Atlanta don't necessarily play fair with the newbies. Yeah. And so they all it's like the newbies have to go after each other, you know, in order to try to get clout. So Senya quickly had to go after Drew in order to find her place. Right. You know, and it, it's like kind of a sweaty move um, over nothing, you know, uh, and it keeps going because Drew's easy and Drew's a little bit mm-hmm. weak. And it's it's a little distasteful, um, but I don't know that I want to see her gone. Like maybe she just needs to get her legs under her in this season, and she can blossom, run. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. That's better. You know, I I agree with you. I love Drew. I've been very open about that. I just have a soft spot. I think she's fun. I think she's warm. I think she's cuddly in a way. Like I just like her, and I feel like she's kind of in on jokes at points and yeah. I don't know. I just, she's, she's relatable to me. She's like, yeah, I got lipo. Now I'm like, you know, behind a weight loss program. I'm like, I like this. I like what I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, seeing yeah. from you. She's like, my like husband's writing too. a book about step parenting, but he won't adopt my son. I like it. Like, um, but yeah. 
But that was actually really sad not to make a joke about that. But I don't I I, I totally agree with you. And I want to talk about the fight that went on at dinner. Oh, my God. When when Todd broke the fourth wall and they left Ooh. it in, it was pretty amazing when Ooh. he jumps in and starts screaming at Marlo and he goes, you forget I was behind the scenes of this thing. I know how you got on here. We've never heard, except in Ultimate Girlship, someone say like, this is a show. Yeah, He's yeah. saying I used to work on yeah. this show. That's why I'm here. And I know how you got on here. And when he said... You bought to Marlo. You bought your way into this circle. Nobody was your friend. You bought Ooh. your way in here. And then when Candy said that Marlo was bringing a friend of her florist, but not her sponsors, kept oh. her, sponsors. her sponsors. Her sponsors. That was foreshadowing because I didn't understand why she was getting that shady with Marlo because that was at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, was, and this yep. is what I'm talking about, like seeing Candy in con- like. I, I, yeah, with some main character energy. I right. like this. Like she because that's who she is. She is that. She is the main character of Atlanta at, at this point. Um, but she hasn't been like in the thick of it for a while. Right. I think her heart hasn't been in it as much, you know, but you're awesome. I think like now that some of, you know, Portia stepped away, right. women have fallen away. She's like taking a leadership role, which I really appreciate. Right. She's mentoring. She's mentoring yeah. the women. Yes. But also they don't people don't usually often come for candy like in that way because it's like you don't really want to fuck with candy you know once you hear her voice start cracking like it did at the end of the episode like you know that that all bets are off i really appreciate it todd todd like he didn't he waited to say that information i I was like todd i'm gonna need you in three two one exactly right but he came I in because I was like, don't make Candy do all of this. Like I was starting to get a little like it's time for Todd to jump in. And he came right. in strong. But he was so fun to watch while he was sort of warming up, just kind right. of sitting right. back, like rubbing right. his hands together, just like <laughs> taking his sweet, sweet time before he passed. I really love Todd. He's one I of the great Me too. husbands. I like Todd too. I love I him really too, especially do. when we ground ourselves with the fact that it's always like Todd doesn't work and Todd this, Todd that. It's like, guys, Todd's here because he works. Yeah. Yeah. I worked on this show. Like, I I also, uh, when Kenya said about Marla, when they were doing that run about is Candy a worldwide singer or is Candy known, like, what did she say? Is Candy's just known in Atlanta and everyone was locally? Uh, Marla was like, you're just known locally. I love that run where everyone was like, she's worldwide. And then Kenya says that the only way Marla was known is from tapping some baby powder onto (laughs) old white men's asses around the world. (laughs) Oh God! Uh, he Heath the 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 Heath where I just was money at his husband Heath just was cracking me up. I don't know why. Oh he yeah, just like yeah. The, the, the the cuts to his face like dying when they were making jokes was funny. He, he was laughing. He, was he seemed co- also very well integrated. He was just like, here I am. Like I've got a weird fanny pack. I got a lot of bright colors on. I'm laughing, <laughs> and I don't even know who she is to be quite frank. Like no, <laughs> no, no. And I have watched every frame. I don't know who she is, and. I loved her. I said, I don't know Damn. who you are and you're not a plus one because you also have your husband, but I'm glad you're here. She made a toast. I felt the same way. I did. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say we've had a run with Candy. It's so funny how you come to know these women. You just, we know them. It's like, we know their patterns. And what I know about Candy is when Candy lands and she gets to the hotel, she needs to get to the hotel and she needs to get her food. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. who yeah. she is. And when mm-hmm. Candy was like, I know we're not waiting on this golf cart. I need my food. <laughs> yes. I was like, yeah, 
Candy needs to eat. Like, this is our friend and we know her needs. And it just is, she's, oh, when she gets angry, we're in trouble. Like I deeply connect to that. Me too. Um, yeah. I also, you know, Ralph is so funny because he just never... <sighs> He's got the he's got that lack of self awareness like like the best housewives do you know <laughs> yes. where he just literally like because I didn't understand what was happening at the beginning with the book and in like the first scene I was like wait what's going on and then when they explained it later I was like he's writing a book about being a stepfather but he's not letting uh, Drew be a part of it she doesn't know even though it's about her son and probably her but she her can't son. be a part of it. But he, she, he's supposed, she's supposed to do a forward for it. Like it's and be on the back cover. It, it's so insane. Like, yeah, and be on the back cover. And detailing like, their failings the as it's parents so, as a springboard for his kind of information for everyone. It's such an opportunistic thing that he's doing apart. It's so disgusting and distasteful. And, uh, you know, boy, I just, uh, I hope Drew stays on the show long enough uh, so that we see the marriage crumble, you know, so that we can, I know that's bad, but so we see her, you know, get rid of him so that we can see yeah. her eyes. You right. Know? Like a yeah, phoenix. It seems inevitable. Yeah. Because it's like, we all have our fun making fun of Drew's hair and wigs, but like, why is he doing it? Yeah. I don't that was him. so, that was nasty. So rude. You know, never has there been a person with their name more suited than Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. Yeah, he is. You know, I, I also I, he I, makes me laugh some of the time. I have to say, when he was on the bus, see. I'm sorry. When he said, "I like, uh, I'm a Gemini," and I, <laughs> sorry guys, I know he has his moments. But I, I, you know, why? And I, I have a warm spot for Drew as well. But I gotta say, like, especially after watching this last season of Girls Trip. I'm watching this and I'm going like, okay, so why why do we have Drew and not Eva? And I, I don't know why it has, it doesn't have to be one or the other, but it does feel like they fulfill a similar role in the cast. And Eva was Eva such was better. a standout. Eva was better. How do, why, where, why, how, how is it possible that we don't have Eva? You know, Eva's, Eva didn't seem Eva's like, except tricky. for the Marlo, except for that Marlo fight, Eva didn't. Eva would be good on Beverly Hills, be, right? Because um, that's how they do it. The actresses sort of, they give a little bit of themselves. Like in Atlanta, you got to give your whole self. That's you true. Know? Yes, and Eva you didn't give really every, do that. The whole Buffalo in Atlanta, you got to yeah, give. Yeah, Eva And was I loved kind of, Eva's yeah. balancing energy in Girl's Trip was like, but she's working, she's breezy, she's smoking weed over here, she's this, she's that. At least Drew to me is like in the thick of it. She's in the thick of it. That's for yeah, sure. Drew, but Drew's trying I to would keep prefer her wig even to Sonia. You know, like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do like Drew though. I, I think Drew's. Um, the only thing I didn't like about Drew was how she was talking about how she was using her, like on the on the on the bus trip. She's like, you know, my husband, and she was sort of saying that as like with some pride, with a lot of pride, you know. It's yes, like, I, I'm the one. I'm one of the, the women that has a husband. When it's like. You'd be so much better off if you did it. Absolutely. Right. And there's women here who are coming single and not that that's like some tragedy, but it's like, but have a little sensitivity. There's women here right. that might want to be with someone. And it's like, this is the man you're holding up. Right. But then when yeah, Candy I later. Think that those single women are looking at her and going like, I wish I had that husband. <laughs> yeah, like, they're like, you know, I, I'm actually better off. Not a one. Not I think one. I'm good. Guys. Wow. Yeah. You know, we've gotten through it and we've gotten through a lot and I'm 
so happy we did this. I'm, I've really gotten straight on a few things here today. Um, yeah, I'm so yeah. glad we did this. Paul, even though you are stricken with COVID-19, you, you managed to bring us so much. Well, you know, I appreciate uh, coming on. I will say I watched um, Dubai because it came on after. I don't think it's a mm. bad show. I think the only reason I'm not watching it is because you're not covering it, Casey. And I think that's something that you've got to look in the mirror. I know. And you took this job on, you I know? know, you've got to, you've got to follow it through. Like, I don't know why you weren't covering Miami. I was into it, but you weren't covering it. So I stopped watching it. <laughs> well, look, you know, I, I hear all of the feedback that I'm getting, but I think, you know, as June Diane would say, there's just some things I can't take on. And for whatever reason yeah. that has become Dubai. And again, I know I'm, mm. I'm paid to do this, you know, so. It's but like, it will change if and when Phaedra joins next season. Obviously, we'll be watching every moment of Phaedra in Dubai. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't like super into the episode that I watched, but like it's got like a nice. <laughs> it's got like nice, a nice ring to it. <laughs> it's got like a nice base. Like you could kind of see them all at like the thing about. Salt Lake's interesting. I really like Salt Lake and it's fun to watch. But like the problem with Salt Lake is like those women don't like each other, you know, and it feels like they just sort of never will. I don't think will. they're loving each other in Dubai. I mean, it, it, me not like got getting into it as much as really not even so much about it not being a good show. I don't know what it is. Yeah. To me, almost there's so much kind of nastiness out of the gate that feels like so toxic to me. I can't I can't describe it because individually we've I love Chanel Ayan. Um, right. I'm, I'm interested that Caroline Stanberry's there. Something about it. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like last night's episode, they all got along until the very end when when it was okay. Chanel took. So, but and so you you could see the the potential for this okay. being a show where like we kind of get along. Like you know what I mean. We're getting international. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, like I I kind of want my housewives to at least pretend to get along or at least to be able to. It can't all be about fighting. You know, Absolutely right. It's got to be about lifting each other up. Yeah. Sometimes. I don't <laughs> just, know about that. Not, not sure too much of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't no. want that. I don't want it to be like women supporting women or something. Mm. <laughs> let's not um, get crazy, Let's Paul. not get crazy. Matt McConkie slash Matt Grassi, newly married, my beloved intrepid co-host. Thank you for being here. What an honor. And to quote uh, Candy, bye lonely. <laughs> bye lonely. Bye lonely. Bye, Bye, Lonely. And, Bye, and Paul James, my friend, since we were seven, 18? 18, 19, something like that. God, oh. 18, 19. You know, you had some great feedback for me today, as always. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too, Case. Thank you for letting thank me be part of this. Thank you for being here. Feel better. I enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you to Amelia. Thank you to Caitlin. Thank you to Earwolf. And thank you for listening. It means a lot. For real. Bye, Lonely. 